Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Today is a special day. It's baptism day. Come on, somebody. It's baptism day, and some people are taking the step of uh, public declaration of, of their faith, and we're going to just... Uh, celebrate that together. And my hope, I'll be very honest with you guys, my hope is that these few minutes I'm going to share you this message. Maybe if you were wondering about the decision of baptism, by the end of this message, uh, you will be willing to take that step as well. I'm speaking for those that left to the last minute and you were wondering if this is for you. But also, I believe a lot of uh, believers, men and women of God, you that are saved, you that made your trust in Christ Jesus, uh, you also are going to be stirred in a new step of commitment this morning. So, for the sake of living to the last minute, that means that we're going to have to arrange some details during this baptism time, okay, in case you make this decision. But it's very important that you do it consciously of what you're going to do. And after that, even though you may get baptized today, we're going to have a follow-up afterwards. Okay, we have our baptism course, which is a small book I wrote years ago. A very short booklet that I want you to have this content uh, uh, afterwards uh, and, and mentored by someone in a context of your life group. Also, we're going to make sure that you have your name registered in your baptism certificate. So, we want to make sure that we have your name properly and registered for that decision. So, I want to first dive in the Word and then I'm going to give you the theme of my message, okay? Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 26. Mark chapter 10, verse 26. Um, the first Bible scripture I read was in Luke. The parallel passage of Luke, or in other words, the synoptic, the, the, the similar passage of that passage in Luke chapter 14, in the Gospel of Mark, is in Mark chapter 10. So, the same thing I just read in Luke, now we're going to read in Mark chapter 10, verse 26. The disciples were exceedingly astonished. And said to Jesus, then who can be saved? The question was regarding a rich man that because of his riches, because of his comfort and wealth, he was not willing to follow Jesus, to put his trust in Jesus. And Jesus looked at them this is very important. It's just Jesus saying, uh, listen carefully. Look to my eyes because you cannot miss what I'm going to say now concerning salvation. And Jesus said, with men it is impossible. Now, because it's so important, you have to say that with me. Say with me. Regarding salvation, with men it is impossible. In other words, no man, no one can save him or herself. Say amen, everybody. 
Jesus said, look at me. You cannot miss this understanding. This is a, a critical. This is a pillar for everything I'm doing here. You cannot save yourself with man. It is impossible, but not with God. Say amen, everybody. Only God can save you. Only God can redeem you. And He did already. He made a salvation plan. And then Jesus completed, For all things are possible with God. Verse 28. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Now, the subject now is different. Jesus settled the subject of salvation, saying no one can save himself. And Peter now changes the subject. Peter says, we left, we renounce everything and followed you to be your disciple. So Jesus now, with the new subject, say, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers, sister, sisters, mother, father, children, or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers, sisters, mothers, and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. The title of my message is A Hundredfold Now. The promise of a measure of multiplied grace, a hundredfold blessings, a hundredfold promises has to do not with salvation, but with discipleship has to do not with your trust for salvation but with your willingness to identify yourself with Christ publicly close your eyes let me pray for this father my words are not enough my speech my English vocabulary it's not enough I need revelation grace to anoint this message this morning, God. As every brother and sister have their ears open, speak beyond the words preached right now, Holy Spirit. Just take over. Take over. We walk in these holy grounds of the Scripture. Let it come in like light inside of our hearts and illuminate our understanding and stir up our faith unto commitment in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 So here's my first thought. This is my first statement. With man, it is impossible concerning salvation. But all things are possible with God. Salvation is with no condition but faith alone. Discipleship, being a follower, committed follower of Christ, is for those willing 
to leave things behind. In other words, the marks of a genuinely saved person are displayed by the things you received solely by grace through faith. Your salvation has evidence, and the evidence is for the things you had received. Freedom, access to God, righteousness, justification, come on somebody, freedom of guilt, you received no merit, no participation, solely by grace through faith. Amen. However, the marks of a disciple are displayed, can be evident by the things you and I had renounced, had surrendered. I measure a disciple by the things not that he received, but the things that he or she left behind. Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That is the mark of salvation. What are the many blessings you had received by God's grace? It is time for us to look back and count them. To walk in gratitude. To develop a grateful heart. In the unmerited blessings, we have been blessed. But look chapter 14, look at Luke chapter 14, 33. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So renouncing, leaving behind, surrendering, these are the marks of a disciple. So I believe, listen carefully, you can be saved and not be baptized. However, you cannot call yourself a disciple without baptism. Why? Luke chapter 9 verse 26. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Baptism is a public and shameless declaration of your identification with Christ. When you baptize and people will post in the social media your decision of identification with Christ, they understood you didn't want only a free pass to heaven. You wanted to express Christ everywhere you go. Your friends, their old friends, understood they lost you for good now. There is no chance of your return. Because you crossed the waters. There is no return to Egypt. You crossed the Jordan. There is no return to the desert. So someone may ask, Pastor, but 
What is the benefit of being a disciple? If being baptized means my first step of leaving behind and renouncing things of the past, what can I gain out of this? Because one thing is to receive eternal life in the future. But another thing is to enter the blessings of the coming age now and forever. So, even when I said that salvation is displayed when you have marks of receiving things, I'll dare to complete the qualifications of the disciple also implies in receiving blessings. But not any kind of blessings. A hundredfold now in the age to come. You foretaste blessings reserved for the age to come. You experience multiplied blessings that a lukewarm, cold, uncommitted, safe person cannot enjoy. This is what I mean. And I made a slide just for that. Salvation guarantees future blessings in the age to come. To be a disciple introduces you to the multiplied blessings now. Amen. And you're still wondering, is this accurate, Pastor? Let's go back to our text, which is Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Peter began to say, see, we have left everything and became a disciple. That's the definition of a disciple. Someone that is a follower of Christ, on the steps of Christ. I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive, verse 30, a hundredfold now. Say with me, a hundredfold now. Remind your brother like this. Look, my brother, there is a hundredfold now for you. Now. Say to him or to her, say he's now. Now, in this life now, there are a hundredfold blessings waiting for those that are disciples. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. Now, I, lo I love Peter. His honesty. Sincere question. I love that. Because what he's asking is. Is there any practical benefit of being a disciple? Or should I just receive Christ and wait for Jesus' return or my death and then go to heaven? And I know that for some sanctimonious and God, you know, godly pure people here, the idea of having a benefit, this desire to see earthly and immediate Blessings here is something that doesn't sound, that doesn't seem to be godly. But what Peter is pretty much asking is, what can I get out 
in practice for my devotion, for being this public, this shameless follower of Christ. What is the gain? It's only renouncing things. And I love this because throughout the, the Bible, you see God constantly bringing this subject to us. Don't be afraid in trusting me. Don't be shameless. Don't be sh ashamed to identify with me. Because when you do that, you will experience even now, in this life, in the age to come, a hundredfold blessings. God is trying to persuade us throughout the scripture. A good example is one of my favorite verses, Psalm 34 verse 8 that says, Taste and see. In other words, check it out. You can actually measure the cost, the benefit of trusting my goodness. Trusting my blessings. Bless is the man who takes refuge in him. So I'll dare to say the baptism blesses you in these following areas that Jesus brought in the text. Number one, a hundredfold of houses. The word houses is oikia, residence. How many residences do you have now? And if you have what I have, I think is a pastor's stuff to have, this translation for, from the original. In the majority of the use of the word oikia, it has to do with wealth and goods. Luke chapter 18 verse 30. Who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. You only need one house to go back and call home. But the Lord is saying, when you are a disciple, you get more than one house. You get blessings and goods and prosperity and wealth that is a hundredfold measure. Look, I know maybe you have the misery mentality that one is enough. I'm telling you, I need more space for our church. I need more classrooms for our kids. I need more residents, more space, more resources for us to host even more people. I want to have more, not for me, but to host those that are still coming. Come on, somebody. But pastor, if I have my selfish desire to have an extra home, an extra income, is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. Actually, Jesus is promising you. If you are a genuine disciple, you should have an expectation for a hundredfold of houses. Why not? Okay, I know I'm messing up with your emotions now. So let's go be, let's be a little bit more spiritual now. 
Because the promise is that you also will have a hundredfold brothers and sisters. Adelphas and Adelphae. And I don't know about your brother or sister experience, but I grew up, mas eu cresci. It's because I spoke about my, my family, I translated to Portuguese in my brain. But I grew up in a house of four. And I loved, and I still love, the good and the bad. The moments of mutual protection, identity, the sense of partnership. But I also like the bad moments, the moments of disagreements. Because on those moments, our love were tested and brought to a new, fresh level. The Bible is promising that if I am a disciple, I will have a hundredfold brothers and sisters. This is more than people that participate, listen carefully, of the service together. You are really bros. You know what I'm saying? Just real bros. Battlefield bros. People that fought battles and prevailed together. Come on, somebody. People that have complementary tattoos together. Because they fought and overcame battles together. Why do I want more residences? More houses? Because I have a hundredfold measure of brothers and sisters coming in my life. I need more... Not for me. I need more because there's a hundredfold brothers and sisters coming to this church. Come on, somebody. Amen. To your life group. To your ministry. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. I'll do one another in showing honor. So if I'll be very honest with you, Christianity is not feasible, is not existent if there is no brothers and sisters to live it together. It is an incompatible definition, loneliness in Christianity. So I'm telling you, once you commit it, as a disciple of Christ, you will have a lot of brothers and sisters. There is more. A hundredfold of mothers and fathers and children. The word is mater and technon. Which speaks of protection. A sense of protection. And a sense of purpose. There is no greater joy than to be loved, known, and meaningful. And unless you receive a selfless, always giving mother and father unconditional love, it will be very hard for you to understand what love is all about. And also, 
unless you selfless care for the spiritual son or daughter that God is placing in your life, you don't know what a purpose-driven life is all about. So the promise is a life filled with the sense of protection. You are known by your spiritual father, your spiritual mother. You are surrounded by people that genuinely care for you. But also you have a sense of purpose, fulfillment. Because you have the amazing opportunity to be a mentor, a spiritual father, an inspiration for a young couple, for a young man, for the new pregnant moms in the house. And you are this prophetic voice for the next generation of leaders in this house. And this only happens for the disciples. Second to last. A hundredfold of lands. The word is agras, which remind me agriculture. It speaks of fields. Also points to spaces of land. I will say that God has new territories for those that respond as disciples. Territories in their work, new positions, a vast space, relevance in the marketplace. Just think with me for a while. If I would favor someone to be in a higher position of influence, which one do you think I would choose? A lukewarm, cold person, passive and indifferent one, or someone on fire, passionate, committed to be a disciple maker. Which one do you think I'll choose? But I'm telling you, for you making this public declaration, I am a shameless disciple of Christ. And I'm making my first step through baptism. I'm making my first step leading the next season. I want to be a life group leader. I want to step up in my church and be publicly with my faith. The Lord has new territories for you as a disciple. Amen. So get ready for your promotion. Say amen, everybody. Amen. Tell your brother and sister, get ready for your promotion. Get ready for your promotion. Last, there is a hundredfold measure of persecution. Now listen carefully, because you think this is to balance all the blessings. No, 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 no. This is the cherry on the cake. This is the greatest of all the blessings. And only the disciples have this crown of glory in their lives. Your blessings, your joy, your influence will bring over you persecution. Is lendering. Jesus 
our master. Paul the apostle of grace. All the disciples were persecuted because of the multiplied blessings over their lives. So do not be ashamed because you are favored. Do not be timid with the blessings the Lord poured over your house. Mark chapter 15 verse 10. For he perceived that he was out of envy. This is Pilate. He noticed that the religious folks were delivering Jesus because of envy. That the chief priest had delivered Jesus up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. We rather have a murderer, a thief, a thug, than to have the life giver, miracle maker. The sign and wonder performer, Jesus, because of envy. The religious people were resentful because of Jesus' blessings and miracles that follow His ministry. So when you will testify to your family, to your friends, all these blessings, all this favor, all this influence that God Himself is placing you, they will not clap to you. They will not cheer it up for you. Matthew chapter 7, 28. And when Jesus finished these things, saying, The crowds were astonished at Jesus' teaching. For He was teaching them as one who had authority and, all, and not as their scribes. So it's inevitable. People will compare you with others. And this will bring over you persecution. But listen carefully. Jesus included persecution inside of the list of multiplied blessings for being a public disciple of Christ, a committed follower of Jesus, because it is a real blessing. 1 Peter chapter 4:13 Rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Look to the eyes of someone and say, you are blessed. This social media persecution, this misunderstanding from your family, this slandering from some friends, look to my eyes. You are blessed. You are blessed because the Spirit of glory and the Spirit of God, which is the same, the Spirit of glory and God, rests upon you. In other words, it's undeniable. You have a different light. You have a different, like the world would say, a different vibe. A different energy. Like, I don't know how they say it. But what the Bible is saying, 
you have the glory of God shining through your life. Now, what the Lord is trying to do this morning, I believe, as the text finishes up in Mark chapter 10, verse 31, he finishes, he closes the thought saying, but many who are first will be last, and the last first.